Welcome everybody. This is going to be kind of a weird episode one slash two, if you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my name's Shane. I'm a fire captain in a busy city here in California. Uh, my partner, Eric, is a retired firefighter paramedic. Uh, he worked in a couple different departments throughout California uh, over close to 20 years. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, we're just two guys in the fire service that we've been friends for a long time. And we both in the last couple of years have experienced our own journey through uh, discovering that we had some mental health issues going on related to our job. So yeah, um, through a lot of discussion, a lot of uh, just kind of back and forth, spending time together, going through what we went through, we came up with an idea to just start talking about this in an open forum, have discussions that are unrehearsed, unscripted. We're not trying to like come at anybody with, you know, hey, everybody has these problems. Everybody needs to do these things. Um, this is a touchy subject in the fire service to begin with. Most yeah. people don't even want to acknowledge that it's, it's real. Yeah. Uh, we joke it down to make it seem like it's, uh, you know, a whiny, weak, <laughs> easy way out kind of thing. Yeah. Unfortunately. So the point is, is that we just want to do something that, you know, selfishly for us, it, it's a great therapy because you and I get to sit here and hang out and talk, hang out, and you know, shoot ideas around, kind of come up with our own sort of, uh, way to cope with things over life or through life and stuff like that. So the point being though, um, today we, we started one the other night and we just kind of yeah. started it out of nowhere. We sat down and we just had a conversation about the stellate ganglion block shot that I got yeah. um, during my process. And we both felt really good. I mean, after the words, I, that was me talking a lot. <laughs> yeah. Kind of normal, dude. Yeah. Right. No. That's pretty much how it is. <laughs> no. Um, but the idea was, was, uh, me sharing that with you and then that you getting that out to people who yeah. maybe need it. So now we want to start talking about why we're doing this. Exactly. You know, what we hope to accomplish with this mm -hmm. stuff and just kind of see where the, where it takes us because yeah. you've been here. So we're here at my house. We're in my kitchen. We're sitting around like we're at the coffee table in the firehouse and we're just talking and um, you've been here coming on a week now and, and every single day, you know, we've been talking about a lot and just, it's, it's really, it's, it's good stuff. We even sent that SGB episode out to a handful of our friends who seem yeah. to respond well to it. So point being is here we are and this morning or this afternoon, you know, we're going to just jump right into it. Sounds good. You yeah, know, yeah, and, and so I think that one of the, one, what I think is a good place to start is for both of us to kind of discuss that you and I both through our careers thought we were good. For sure. I totally thought I was great, ready to go. And um, I, I say physically and mentally, I thought I was pretty solid overall. And then, um, you know, the more we kind of get into the, the mental health side, I, unfortunately, but the truth is I thought it was not that big of a deal. I honestly didn't think it was that big of a deal. And, um, but you realize it is, um, the, the things we see and not even just everything in life, the stuff we go through, you know, uh, relationships, your childhood, uh, the job and just the challenges of life um our mindset our perspective our thoughts how we overcome these challenges it's it's a lot deeper than i even realized you know a lot deeper than i realized and you reaching out to me out of nowhere saying hey dude i got this shot which started that last episode it just created great conversation initially between us that's why we're doing this and it's like well we, we kind of got something here and we sent that out to some of our friends and they, they loved it. And it's like, you know, we, we got to, our stories 
and our journeys and challenges, even though they're, they're, they're the same but different, can help people. So we want to really just get this information out there. And by no, you know, by no means, you've said this before, we're not doctors, we're not therapists. But for one thing, we've been through a lot. And sometimes, you know, you don't need to be a doctor or a therapist to just help somebody out and have perspective. Um, mentorship, just like in the fire service, some of the, the best things we learn is by the mentors we get, the ones that have the experience. And you can have the book knowledge, you can go get the degree, you can go do all those things. But on a real call, per se, life, you might make a lot of mistakes. So the experience and the challenge you go through can help the next person grow. So I know for me, the things I've gone through, um, I just really want to, you know, help this be a, like a, maybe it's a, a broad thing, but like more of a mentorship kind of thing for guys that they can listen in the, the privacy of their own home or they can share things or, you know, with the wives or the families. But really this is just content that we're putting on, I'm putting myself out there. It's going to be raw. It's going to be vulnerable. And hopefully my story, the, the things I've used from uh, different programs I've been to, we compare that with, with Shane over here can help you guys uh, wherever you guys are at. You know, maybe you're listening to this in the morning, having a cup of coffee. Maybe you're driving down the road right now and you're like, wow, I, I want to I learn something. And I know that's why we got into this because that's what I do. That's what Shane does. We listen to these podcasts as we're driving. So wherever you're listening to this at, I truly hope from the bottom of my heart that we can serve you guys in some way or fashion of our stories, our challenges, and it can bring some perspective and great you know, create conversations. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. No, I think, and that's perfect because that's the idea is that if you, if anybody's out there listening and, and, and hearing us, I hope that as we evolve, as we discuss things, as these conversations take us down all these different paths and roads, that things resonate with people that they yeah. think, wow, I've thought that I've had that thought. I've, I've, I've had that fight with my wife. I've had that anxiety at work i've had this i've had that whatever it may be right so the idea that for me personally when i was when i was first kind of in the throes of this i didn't know where to to go to get any answers and you know the majority of people you ask in the fire station right so so if we say you're listening to this and you're thinking in your head like do i need help or am i fine most of us think we're fine most of us think we're we're you know yeah, life can be stressful. We got a couple little issues here and there with family and, and kids and whatever. But even even work is super stressful. But a lot of times it's deeper based on your behaviors, based on things that are going on in your life yeah. that you don't even recognize, right? So exactly. point being is if you hear something that resonates with you, chances are there is something going on. And doesn't mean you need to go full-blown full in-depth to you know, the levels that you and I did at different stages, but yeah. like definitely worth exploring. Right. So oh, yeah, for sure. I know for me, when I, when I speak to people in the fire, in fire service, right. You ask them, Hey, if, if there's an issue, what do you do? Like, who do you call? Where does it start? Ghostbusters. Right. That's it. Yeah. And <laughs> well, we are the ghostbusters, right? We're 911. <laughs> yeah. So if we, you, you know, all the stuff that's going on right now is great. There's a ton of stuff on, on YouTube, there's podcasts yeah. that, are, you know, yeah. we're not inventing the wheel here. This, we're this inventing is something it, yeah. that, yeah, it's just, it's our own. And exactly. that's, and it's good. I mean, we're going to take as much as we can from others and hopefully make something into our own. But point is that even with everything that's out there that, that, that 
everybody's putting themselves out there. They're being raw. They're being authentic. They're sharing their stories. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're exposing themselves. Hey, I, I tried suicide. I did this. I did that. Whatever somebody went through. Um, we still have a problem. I mean, the yeah. fire service still is, has a serious problem with, with not taking it, um, I guess serious enough, but another layer to that is that we think we're doing a good job. Yes. We have peer support, mm-hmm. right? We have EAP. That was what kind of what I was going to. It was like, what, what do we tell most people is, oh, hey, call employee assistance programs. Yeah, exactly. Right? So anyways, yep. just, um, you and I, like I said, I think we have a good, you said it earlier, you have a, we have a good yin yang. We have a different perspective, <laughs> yeah. different lives. But, yeah. And we're also in different places. Like I'm still active, yeah. you know, you're retired. So we can discuss those you're things married, because- I'm not anymore. Right. You got a whole, that's a whole different thing, different subjects. You know, it's, um, you know, like what you were talking about is we have a problem and, and to, to be, you know, candid and, and honest, I think we don't own it enough. I really don't. And that's, that's, you know, another reason why, I f- you know, feel like this is great is take accountability and understand that there, there are issues and stop, you know, running away, not running away, but stop, just own it, own up to it and know, Hey, this, this is a problem. And when you, when you look at the stats of mainly towards men, because I feel like that's where the, the issue is, is, is we have this stigma of, of the mental health, but it's 80%, dude. 80% of men commit suicide over women. And when you look at that stat, that's horrible. Why? Because it's, we're afraid to get help. We need to look strong. And the conversation we had yesterday, you know, with guys you work with or even some of my buddies, um, you can, there's a, a lot of guys I know on, on the exterior, they look strong as heck. They definitely put on that, that persona of, what a man should look like, but in, internally they are suffering like in their own head, they are suffering silently, you know, and you said that yesterday and, um, you know, there's, there's no reason for that. It's life is too good. There's too much things that we could do. Um, too many wives, brothers, the job, you know, workmates, um, this world needs each and every one of us. And there is no reason why we can't be open and vulnerable um you're not weak for getting help i'll tell you one thing it is going to make you such a stronger person because the perspective you get the things you learn if you want to work at it you're going to be such a better brother husband fireman uh you know you name it when when you dive deep into yourself and go deep and look internally versus externally for things everything else just gets better um, and that's just what I firmly believe, you know, and the more I think conversation we have, the more uh, we open up this dialogue, it's going to create probably things either of us don't even, we don't even know how it's going to go, you know, and we're just starting, we're, we're going to see where this goes and it's going to just create, I hope, awesome change and it'll, it'll break the barriers that I feel like are pretty bad right now. And like, you know, you said it earlier too, there's a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of different things and uh, perspectives. And, you know, you just got two, <laughs> two knuckleheads here trying to show their perspective because what I've realized through my, my personal journey is different times in life, you're going to connect with different people at different times and uh, call it community, call it connection, you know, whatever name you want to put on it. But uh, you know, we could try very hard to do this life alone. We're not meant to. 
we, we need a support team. You know, we can go fight fires alone, but you know, you, you've got your IC, you've got your captain, you, you, you know, you've got your rank and file, you've got people that do positions for a reason. Life is the same. You know, it, we're learning so much every day that, you know, we get up every day is, a, you know, not every day is going to be great, but you know, every day is a day to learn. And uh, hopefully, you know, I know for me, I don't know what, what Shane thinks about this, but I want to create connection um, with, through the conversations we have. So people might connect with Shane more than they connect with me. Uh, they might connect with me more than they connect with Shane. I really don't know how it's going to go, but the purpose is to make a connection to be like, wow, I feel that right now. I, you know, I, that I needed to hear that. And if, if that's what it does, and if we can help somebody, you know, brother or sister, then I feel like the mission and the goal is accomplished. And we'll just go from there. Yeah. No, that's great. And I think, so, you know, jumping right into it, when, uh, you know, I think as we go through this process, we'll both, our, both of our stories will unfold naturally. I don't think we need to uh, just go into a big, long story of each of us, right? Yeah, we'll not both, yet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get there. Yeah, it's going to take a long time. But um, again, you were an active firefighter paramedic for a long time in busy departments yeah um i've been in the fire service around the same time as you uh, yeah i've got the weird story of kind of taking a break if you will in the yeah. middle of a career and, and, and coming traveling back. the world and then coming back so yeah, and that's how we met yeah that's, that's how, how we, we met, met when and came back we get to more of that stuff later you know stories of us yeah. probably but but i think like to start off for me it's just uh like i'll just say that you know, go back to the beginning of this year for myself uh i didn't realize how like just what was going on with me. I, I, I wasn't really at a rock bottom place. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people that we work with aren't right. Most of us are, are holding it together. Mm -hmm. Um, good or bad. However, you're, however you're coping with it. Yeah. And, that is, but yeah. I mean, they're, they're still showing up, you know, we're yeah. do, doing a good job. Like we're putting on that mask at work that we, we don't even realize it. It's not that you're consciously doing it. At least I wasn't. And yeah. I think as I look around and the discussions I have with other people, it's very similar. I mean, we're all human beings. We go through a lot of the same stuff. So I know uh, with my whole situation, when I had to take a good long look in the mirror and, and realize that I no longer could, could just force my way through everything. Yep. Right? Yeah. Just sure will. And so stepping back and, and taking that first step, right? So for me, I'm going to share my part of it. So, then, and I'd love to hear yours. And this is the stuff I think people want to hear, right? Yeah. So if you're out there and you're thinking to yourself like, yeah, well, where do I start? Okay. Well, here's where I started. Um, a handful of years ago, 2020, prior to the pandemic, I had just lost my dad. A bunch of stuff had happened. Um, I'd been obviously working for years and, and done a lot of things, but I, I was binge drinking in random spurts, meaning that like I'd go two days without a drink. I'd go two weeks without a drink. It wasn't, there was no rhyme or reason, no pattern. Um, I wasn't, for the most part, I wasn't getting like super hammered all the time, but there were times I was. And, and, and another weird part about that was I, I could drink a lot and feel okay. I could drink a little and get super hammered. Yeah. There was no real pattern again, right? So I viewed that as, oh, I don't have a problem, right? Because it's just, occasional and and if i and looking back now having done the work i've done really understanding it 
I realized that I was suffering. I realized that I wasn't sleeping. I was using alcohol to basically like go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, and it, and I, those periodic, right. It was when those days when I was just done, my body was done, my brain was done. That is when I would excessively drink. Um, or even if I thought I wasn't excessively drinking, alcohol would hit me differently. Yes. Right. Yeah. So that was weird. And then of course, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate. There'd be times where I'd start to drink and think I wasn't going to drink a lot. And then I just wouldn't eat. And then next thing you know, I'm just drink, drink, drink. Uh, as I told you, man, I woke up sitting on that couch multiple times, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you know, half empty glass in my hand of beer, whiskey, whatever the chosen drink was the night before. How did that make you feel? And then uh, the, at the time, nothing. I didn't feel anything. I thought, great, I slept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I mean, that's how I felt. And that's what I want to be honest with because I, I know there's people out there. I got buddies. You got buddies. That's what we do, right? And yep. it's like, and the reason that you feel that way, at least for me, was I had no consequences. Yeah. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I'm in my house. I pay for this place. I paid for this alcohol. I, I work my ass off. I work overtime. I've given my wife everything. She has this nice house. She has a brand new car, you know, stuff, material stuff. Yeah. But yeah. that's the justification is exactly. like, we have no problems, not in debt. I'm not a bunch of stuff, right? Like yeah. I don't have any real problems when I look at it. So it's hey, what, what you thought. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like if you talked to me six months ago, this is the kind of stuff I would have said to you. Yes. If you were trying to like intervene, <laughs> yeah. I, I would basically tell you to fucking pack sand because yeah. Yeah. I, it's like, dude, look around. I'm good, man. Everything's solid. Like, yeah, it's okay. Dude, I didn't, I didn't mean to keep drinking until 3 a.m. and fall asleep with a glass in my hand, but who did it hurt? I'm yeah. fine. And here's the problem, right? I'd wake up. I almost never got hung over. I always made it to work. I did not, you know, sh I didn't drink at work. I didn't drink in inappropriate uh, types of places like that, right? I wasn't doing things that I looked at as the characteristic alcohol-related abuse, alcohol-related where it uh, is it's like destroying someone's life. I'm like, dude, I'm good, man. Like I, yeah. like I said, um, and, and there's no punishment because like I said, I could drink all night and wake up and, and fine. drink a glass of water and I'm fine. There's yeah. no hangover. Yeah. So there's no punishment, right? Yeah. And so, um, but meanwhile, my wife, and then my wife would, would be devastated because what started out as a nice dinner turned into me putting down a bottle of wine or, or going to back to the keg four, five, six times. And she just would be disgusted and go to bed. And I think, yeah, well, whatever. Fucking, I'm good. I'm just going to sit here and chill. Yeah. And then in the morning when she was up and upset with me, I'm thinking like, I'm the victim. She's attacking me, right? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. So this was going on for a while. So I called our EAP. And this is what a lot of our, our people um, have experienced too. It, it's a joke. It's an absolute joke for the most part. Did anyone tell you to call the EAP or is that on your own, your no, own decision? No, made my own decision. Uh, wife and I... She, well, she had been, yeah, she had been telling me that she didn't like the patterns, the drinking of binging and because she just never knew, right? I mean, it'd be one thing if every single day I drank, but she just didn't know when I was going to have two beers and be nice and be the husband she married and be yeah. a happy guy yeah. or if I was going to have six or 10 or 12 beers and be an asshole or a, a slobbering, slurring, can't talk, blackout idiot yeah. that's going to fall asleep on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. So that insecurity for her, that unknown of every single day was like, what do I expect? Yeah. It was creating a massive amount of, of instability and anxiety for my wife. Meanwhile, I'm blaming her that I'm the rock. I'm solid. What are you talking yeah. about? I'm totally stable. I'm yeah. the only stable thing we have. My career, this, that, and <laughs> You should be good, right? Yeah. So uh, I, I, she kept telling me, like, I think you, your job 
because she'd met some of my firefighter friends. I'm always from Brazil. Okay. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And Brazil and most other places in the world, the culture of the fire service is extremely different than what we have. The traditional yeah. uh, quote unquote brotherhood that we have is not a real common thing as much outside of this country. The career path, the actual, the, the life we can live, that what this job provides for yes. us is, is pretty damn good. I was actually talking to her about that this morning and she was, I was, my mind was blown by what, what you're saying that the, the culture and the different lives that we live here locally compared to Brazil. I'm just like, they, we get treated like Kings out here. Yeah. It seems like. No, we do. So, yeah. Yeah. So we got it. No, we got it made. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's a great point. And that's the thing that, um, so she comes from another country. She doesn't understand her culture. She doesn't understand the fire service. So I go to work for five, six days. She doesn't understand that. I go out of county deployment for two or three weeks. You know, she hates not having me home. And I'm going, hey, I'm making overtime. It's, it's yep. like, this is for us. Right? Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, she just wants me home to hang out with. Yeah. So uh, she had said, and, and there were many times where I'd come home. We'd have those calls, the, the fires, the deaths, the whatever. And she could see it in my face. Like most of our wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, husbands, whatever you, you have, right? They know you, so they can see in the morning when you're not you. Yeah. Or and even if you're tired, just because you ran a bunch of calls, they can usually pick up on something's different. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, beginning of 2020, she she'd been busting my balls about, you know, why why do you why do you have to pass out on the couch? Why does this have to happen? Why does this? And I and she find, and she kept saying like, I think you need to get some therapy about this um, about your job. And I was just like, you know, you don't know shit. Uh, you know, you're from another country. This is different. This is how this is. It's like, I, I'm good. My therapy happens at the coffee table with the guys. Exactly. I yep. go out, you know, just like you, I go out on the boats. I do this, I do that. I have all my little outlets with the guys. Yep. I have my own therapy to be by myself. Exactly. Um, and that's how it gets sorted out because I've been good all these years. I wasn't having nightmares. I wasn't avoiding calls. Uh, I love the job. That's another thing that I want to make clear, right, is I think both of us, we love being fireman. Oh, heck yeah. Period. So yep. anybody that's hearing this that may think like, oh yeah, these guys are complaining about the fire. It's like, no, I'm not dude. even close. Yeah. We both absolutely love it. You being yeah. retired a year, we just had a conversation. Like if we had a call tonight, you'd be able to jump out, yep. get right to work. Right. I'm, so, I do, uh, there's, I can't tell you how many times, like I'm up as I'm up here visiting, there was a header just a couple days ago because you guys burned so much here in Fresno. And I'm like, man, I, I gosh, I just want to be on a fire with my buddies and, you know, and just, go have some fun. It's like, yeah, it's not here complaining. It's here getting tools. It's here being open. It's here saying there's an issue that, that has been here for years and we're just telling stories to help anyone that feels the same or give tools, tools from personal experience that can help you be happy and have a successful career and not have to, you know, go off the job like, like I did, you know, and the tools that you've gotten, how it's, helped you marriage and on the job, you know, so it's, it's not here, you know, moaning and complaining and just trying to mother F this mother F that it's like, no, it's, it's, it's meant to really be, you know, the positivity of that, that word positivity. It's, you know, I feel like it's, it's used a lot, but tr truly, you know, it's a positive outlook on how to make positive change in your life to have a good, healthy career and a good, healthy marriage. Yeah. No. And that's, and that, so I, I've been single my whole life, as you knew. I, I, I was 41 when I got married. Yeah. But, you know, prior to that. That's solid. I know. I had a great, I had, <laughs> I had a good run, man. I, I traveled the world. I obviously, 
I had a good time. I mean, I dated lots of great people over the years, women that were amazing. I just had never really met a person that I wanted to change my entire life for. So when I met my wife, uh, it was fast. It was less than a year. We were married and a uh, big, huge change for me, but I thought I was ready. I was like, well, I know myself in and out, you know, and that's a blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> so when she's, when she kept saying this thing about this therapy, I finally gave in. And the truth is I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it, but it's not going to do anything for me. So you were, you weren't like, I'm fully in. I'm going to no. do this. It was like, fine, I'm going to check the box, whatever. I'll, I'll yeah. go with you. Yeah, that, I'll was, go. that was your mindset. Yeah, I'll go, but I'm not. Well, I, it, she wanted me to do individual. Got it. Yeah. Right. She wanted to do some marriage counseling too, but she just said like, I think this is your job. And I said, well, I don't think so. I, you know, I think you're just making shit up because yeah. she, she likes, you know, she's done therapy before and she says, hey, it works. And I said, yeah, fine. It works for some people. It doesn't work for me. Yeah. Like my buddies are my therapy. I'm good. I'm exactly. solid whatever. Yep. And I think prior to being married, I was. That's another whole animal when you get, I, I mean, that's something I think we definitely can dive into. But for myself personally, when I was solo, it was different. I didn't yeah. care about somebody else that much. Uh, right. At that level who I felt responsible for. Yes. So getting married actually changed a lot for me on how the job affected me. Yes. Part for of that, sure. like I, I was fine. Like for in terms sure. of that, it, it yep. was very, very different. I know that I had some conversations with buddies of mine, super good buddies that are phenomenal firemen, super smart people. And I said, Hey, you know, um, did it change for you when you got married? Like one of my buddies, he said, uh, well, not really, but his wife was in the emergency world as well. She was a medic and a badass medic at that, became a nurse and she works at the hospital. But he said, uh, when I had kids, it changed yeah. the game for him when he had kids. He started yeah. like having stress about, you, you know, the things that we see at work and the, yep. you know, just worrying about keeping them safe. Right. Yeah. So anyway, so again, back to, I call EAP. They said, well, what's the deal? I said, well, uh, my wife thinks that I'm drinking too much and that I have a problem. So I want to talk to somebody about the job and about drinking. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. And this is like, you know, some call taker that's just entering whatever you're telling them. Right. And yeah, so there's not a lot of personal interaction, not a lot of connection. And for firefighters that immediately turns us off. Exactly. Right. That, yeah. that Typically that that's just like, dude, you don't really care. You're treating me like I'm some number. And we, you know, that's where we immediately throw the walls up. And, and especially when you're in a position where, you know, you as a medic, you're the on scene, you're the IC when it's a ALS call. I mean, yeah. you're dropping drugs, you're, you're doing advanced airways. If I'm in command as a, as a IC at a fire, I mean, I'm in command of an entire building, right? And yeah. now all of a sudden here I am saying, hey, I need, I need some I don't help. know what the answer is. Exactly. That's super difficult it's for so firefighters, hard. right? Yep. So and then at that too, and then going to someone else, letting them know you're a fireman. You know, and letting them know, like, wait, these, it's, it takes a lot of humility, man. Yeah. It takes a lot of humility to, to, you know, to, to throw your hand up and be like, I'm willing to get help. I don't know how it's going to go, but it's just, I'm going to, I'm going to start, but truly starting with the right mindset, not just to check the box, yeah. but to recognize in yourself, man, maybe I do have an issue. Maybe I don't, but something's off here. I'm hearing this, you know more and more and more and more from, from my wife or family members or whatever it might be. And to actually go into your mind and be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on this. Yep. Um, you have to accept that. You have to have that personal, personal accountability and accept that you're going to take the action, you know, that you need to, you know, to, you know, what you're going to continue talking about, but that's not easy. Yeah. That's not easy. No. And it, it, you, the call taker, okay, here's some numbers, call them up. Uh, oh, okay, so I got to do it. It's kind of my, because, you know, when you call 911 and we show up, we know what to do. Exactly. We're good at our jobs. We yeah. don't ask somebody. I, I made a joke about how 
I don't ask you because I had an interaction with the doctor where I said, I don't ask you what hose line to pull yeah. to fight this fire. And he, he kind of looked at me funny. He said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, what I mean is I'm really good at my job. So I don't need your opinion. <laughs> And yeah. this is supposed to be your job. You're supposed to yeah. be telling me, not asking me what I think I need. That just happened a few days ago, right? Uh, yeah. I think that one did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, yeah. that was another discussion, but I mean, I, I'd use that line in the past. Yeah. Okay. And it's just, it's one of those things that like, so the EAP call I made, I find this, I find this doc and uh, decent pedigree, former military guy. Cause I was like, Hey, I, I don't want to talk to somebody that doesn't have some experience with first responders. Exactly. Like, I, yep. Just cause that's just how it is. Right. Yeah, for sure. So I go to this guy, great guy, super good dude. Within the first session, he tells me, wow, man, you're like a super self-aware guy. You're one of the most like introspective people I've ever talked to as far as your, your outlook on life, the way, you, the way you speak. You're very humble. You're very, you know, he's like, you're intelligent. I mean, he was very complimentary. Yeah. And I was just like, cool. Well, and so, but I was like, so what do you think I need to do? And he's like, well, it sounds like he's, he's like with the drinking, he's like, do you have control over it or do you need help? And I said, yeah, I have control over it because I cannot drink anytime I want. Yeah. And that was the truth. I mean, I literally could stop yeah. at any time if I chose to. And exactly. it had to be my decision, right? Yeah. Not because my wife told me to, but because I chose to. That was the key. Well, anyway, so I, I said, okay, well then, and he goes, well, yeah, maybe just don't drink for a little while with the wife and then see how things go. Yep. And I said, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. And, and, and yeah. so I went back like two, three times. And of course, that solidified for me that I wasn't the problem. My wife was the problem. Yeah. Because yeah. now, hey, I've done what you said. Exactly. And it's going to yep. backfire. I talked to a doctor. Well, I, yeah. yeah. I went to the professional. Yeah. The professional, professional said, I'm good. Yep. Maybe as long as you can look in the mirror. Yeah. yeah. You yep. need to look in the mirror. Exactly. So I did. I, I didn't drink for a year and a half. I took the role as our PIO. And I said, well, I got to carry two phones. I'm always on the hook. You know, the call, fault fires all the time here in this city. So my phone's always ringing. I was just like, I don't want to be drinking and have these things. So I just was like, and, I, and it was almost a... Probably out of spite too, just to prove it to her. Yeah. That yeah. See, you think I can't watch this? Yeah. Right. So I didn't. I didn't drink for a year and a half. Like nothing. Not a beer. Not a glass of wine. Nothing. And I don't. I'm not one of those people. I mean, you're with me right now. I'm 130 some odd days sober. 132 days sober today. Um, my house has alcohol. I have you know bottles of wine in there. There's you know a beer in the backyard. Yeah. I have solid keg back there, man. Yeah. And I, but I don't. <laughs> You know, I, I don't have any internal desires like, oh, I can't look at it or I can't see it or whatever. I'm like, I want you to have a cocktail and enjoy it. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. I'm good. I can handle that, right? So that but was... We, but we still support you, though. You know, no, no, absolutely. That, yeah. but, but I mean, the, the point is, right, for anybody listening is like that is like me when you're in the throes of that. Mm -hmm. Like, dude, I don't need help because I can control it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah, see, sure. I mean, no, it's exactly. like all the bullshit aside, it's like there. you think that that makes it where... Hey, I got it under, I got it handled. Like mm -hmm. these are choices I'm making. If yeah. I get drunk on the couch, I choose to. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But what you don't realize is that's that train on the tracks that's picking up speed that's going to lead something five years, 10 years, 15 years down the road. And that's where I was looking at now what I look at like, wow, I was fortunate that I was able to not turn into a full blown train wreck, but get that train to like slow down yeah. and get control of it, so to speak. So anyways, that was my first experience, man, when I, when I reached out and that was, as I said, beginning of 2020. So maybe three sessions with a, a talk, uh, psychologist. Yeah. Uh, nice enough person, but again, he did nothing for me other than tell me I was great. Yeah. So, uh, fast forward to the beginning of this year, same thing. Like when I ran into my issue that, 
I basically forced me to look in the mirror and realize that something was going on. Uh, my first couple of interactions were horrible. First, mm-hmm. first doc I talked to literally asked me, what do you want me to do for you? You want me to give you PTSD? Do you want me to give you a prescription yeah. for a medicine? Do you want me to, what do you need, man? He goes, well, you know, firefighters, we take care of you guys. So anything you need. Yep. And I immediately thought same kind of thing. Like, I don't ask you what hose line to pull. Like, why would, like, you haven't even talked to me. Exactly. Don't you do tests? Don't you do blood work? Isn't there something, I mean, what the hell, dude? I'm here asking honestly in, in like, all earnestness. Yeah. Am I fucked up? Yeah. What can I do that? Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm not drinking because I can easily stop doing that. But I want to know, is this a pattern that's going to happen my whole life? Is this, you know, all this kind of shit. Yep. So immediately I was like, okay, thanks for your time. See you later. Went to another place. This time it was the opposite. I walk into this facility and it's, it's a nice place. And the counselor comes out, says my name, and then announces in front of everybody in there, oh, you're the fire captain. Oh, yeah, boy. All right, so, oh, awesome. Thanks for HIPAA, right? Yeah, exactly. So we walk into her room, and the whole time we're in there, she's on her phone. You know, she's 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 very just like you can look at her and tell she doesn't take care of herself. And for me, that was tough because I'm just like, for me to listen to somebody, I want them to have credibility. Yeah. And so, uh, and especially when I'm speaking and you're looking at your phone or you're, you know, you're distracted, I'm immediately out. I'm just like, for sure. Yeah. You're wasting my time. Yep. So, uh, 10 minutes into that conversation, she starts telling me how I need to get into this program they have, which is an inpatient program that is going to, uh, it's going to sort me out because I'm a full blown addict. I'm an addict. How did, how do we get there? Again, no testing, no conversation that was much deeper than the real, real surface level stuff. Yeah. No blood work, no nothing. Oh, I can tell because I was an addict. So I can tell when an addict, when a person's an addict. And I said, okay, well, <laughs> I got news for you. I've never done drugs. So how am I an addict? You know, I said, I'm here to get an alcohol assessment. Yeah. You have not asked me anything about that. And she's like, well, are you drunk right now? And I said, no, I haven't drank at all since this whole thing blew up and I, I got to figure this out. And, and it was, and I just was mind blown because she just, she wouldn't, she refused to believe me. Yeah. So she gets out a breathalyzer. She, well, here, take this breathalyzer. Man, okay, cool. Yeah, zero, zero. Cool. Somewhere in the midst of this conversation, her son shows up, this teenage kid. She lets him in the room while we're talking. Jeez. Okay. This is me like being vulnerable. Yeah. Trying to get not feeling good about myself. Exactly. Not feeling solid about a lot of stuff. My marriage is, is, on the rocks. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. You know, the job, I'm, I'm at the point where I'm taking time off because I got to sort shit out because yep. it's starting to affect me in, the, all, in all realms of my life, right? Yeah. And so I look at it and I go, this is what we get? Dude, no wonder people don't want to do this. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And, yep. and, and exactly. I started thinking like, man, if I was like in crisis, crisis, like suicidal, or I legitimately had a chemical dependency on a drug or an alcohol, Holy shit, no wonder some of our brothers and sisters can't get off the stuff or get sorted out, right? Yeah. And then it's so easy for us at the firehouse to talk shit about that. Like, oh, yeah, like you know, the person is just not trying or the person, you know, whatever. So point whatever, being is, yeah. is like, but I've always been, I'm a pretty fierce advocate for myself. I don't, I've always had personal responsibility. So as soon as this happened, I basically told her, thank you, see you later. Same kind of thing I did is with the first um experience I had uh-huh. called a BC who's very active in our peer support. And he's a great, great guy, great support from, from every angle. He was furious about it. He, he, he immediately went and got that particular facility removed from that. So someone else doesn't have to experience this. Yeah. But I told him, I said, man, what 
I don't, who, who, who do you call Ghostbusters, right? Like what's the, <laughs> what's the next call? Well, anyways, I knew about the center of excellence from being a, a union board elected member for, okay. for many years. So, um, I called them thinking, cool. They are supposed to have connections all over the nation because the facility itself is in Maryland. Yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know, it's the IAFF center of excellence. You can go on YouTube, you can Google it, whatever, but yeah. uh, phenomenal facility, great people, good staff, the IFF. They created this in conjunction and partnership with Advanced Recovery Systems. And the idea behind it was to provide a sanctuary for people that are firefighters. So yeah. because we heal in community and for us, like we're a very kind of like tight knit community and we, we just have that commonality. So you can be a firefighter from Kansas or Texas or Florida or California. And most of us can kind of speak the same language and you just kind of, that ice is broken in, initially. So, but I called the place just to see about, Hey, do you have some doctors out here I can go to? Cause I've gone to these clowns and I ain't getting help, man. This is, this is like for people that are just, you know, maybe they have like severe problems, but whatever. For, yeah. for anyone that doesn't know, that's if you're not a fireman listening, it's maybe, you know, a family member, the IAFF. I don't remember if you, t if you said what it was, but um, it's the International Association of Firefighters and it's stuff that we pay into uh, from our, you know, union or whatnot to get help for, for instances like this. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh... But anyway, so I mean, I think we'll definitely do an episode on the Center of Excellence just because I'd love to promote my experience there because I think that, uh, I, like I shared it with my own personal crew and another crew uh, for several hours about what I went through. And I know a lot of them were really um, interested in the information because it lets them know that it's there. But so, you know, the the center was great, but it, but basically I didn't have, um, they didn't, they, they said, hey, you need to come out here based on my answers, right? So again i'll get into that another another episode but so that was kind of my my like my road into this stuff and and when i look back i mean when i went to the center the not only did uh, so i did find a therapist here in town that is great she works with first responders uh through that bc from peer support he was able to hook me up um and and she's the one i give her the credit she's the one that identified the fact that hey you're not a piece of shit Okay. You're not broken. You're not messed up. She said, I think you, you need to make a couple little tweaks. She, she said, I think you really don't have that much going on, uh -huh. but it's pretty significant. Yeah. And it's going to get worse. Yeah. But she said the root cause isn't drinking. She's like, alcohol doesn't seem to be your problem. Your problem seems to be that, you know, you're trying to be the rock for everybody. You're yes. trying to take on too much. You're, you're basically, your cup is overfilling. Just like our buddy that was here the other night, his great yep. analogy of just like, you know, it, it, that one drop of water that goes in a cup that overflows it. And my cup has been overflowing for years. Yeah. And so anyways, that she, I give her the credit. I thank her for, for being able to get me to see that because even when she told me, uh, PTSD, I thought, mm. I don't know. And especially like in our, in our macho ego driven <laughs> careers, I, yeah. first thing I think, right. is like, Oh, everybody's going to say, Yep, you're saying that because you just don't want to have to deal with the repercussions of your actions. You don't want to deal with consequences. You're making excuses because that's what we do. Yeah. We, we basically minimize people that actually say these things. And so, and unfortunately, there are people in this career that abuse it. There, there are people that seek a psychological retirement, yes. which is bullshit. Yeah. But what sucks is then it ruins it for the people like yourself who fucking needed it at that time, yeah. you know? And, and so it's just a, it's just a vicious cycle. Like we've talked about. So yeah. anyways, yeah. that was kind of mine. And, and so 
I share that because I've, I've had these conversations with people who I know it's resonated with. Yeah. And I wanted to, to kind of share mine, have you share yours to where our discussion is just, again, this is the beginning. This is basically like if anybody's listening to this podcast and chances are they're at least thinking about something. Yeah. Right? Something yeah. is off in their life. So yep. what are they, where do you need to go? And hopefully like through our discussions and through us that whoever's listening, hopefully they'll reach out. If they don't, at least maybe we can give them some nugget that will get them yeah. on the right track. To, cause, exactly. Cause I was doing what I thought was right. I was listening to the podcast. I was reading the books. I was watching YouTube. I bought a sauna last year. So a, almost a year prior to me having these problems, I'd already bought a sauna, hot tub, all this stuff. I was doing sauna. I was doing hot tub. I thought, yeah, cool. I'm doing this work. I'm good. I'm keeping myself on track. So I thought I was solid. I really did. And then yeah. again, even when the doc told me that, I thought, nah, yeah, it sounds like an excuse. But as I delved into it and I realized it was, um, I'll just close out by saying that like for me personally, what I believe it was, was PTSI and that's the injury. Yeah. Uh, and, and through the work, I feel healed. Yeah. And uh, I said this on our SGB thing. Do I think that I'm done? Like, cool. I can go back to how I was before. Like, no, I think this is a lifelong commitment. Yeah, for sure. Uh, currently I'm committed to sobriety. I don't know. I'm not putting a stamp on like, okay, in five years, I'm going to have a glass of wine or in two years, I'm going to have a glass of whiskey. I don't know. I mean, right now I have zero desire to drink. Uh, I don't like, I don't feel powerless to it. I don't feel like it's something that's going to ever like control my life. Yeah. But I also, I mean, it, it's a part of who I am. I don't like the idea of not having um, freedom. Yeah. And also having the ability to make my own decisions. But yeah. at the same time, like, I just, like, I'm certainly not going to risk the work that I've done. Yeah. Because uh, again, everything I've done has, has led to where I'm at now. So exactly. That was how I, I how are you feeling so, right now? Oh, overall, I mean, dude, life changing from everything that I've done. And I'm, I'm, like I say, you've been here almost a week, man. I'm, I'm good. Life's good. I'm just chilling. You know, still things are going on that I um, could easily send me into different spirals. And, and just like most of us, life, Life's life. It yeah, happens exactly. every day, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, the awareness I have, that SGB shot I talked about with you, coupled with all the therapy I did. Because when I was at the center, I did the equivalent of like five years of therapy in 28 yeah. days. So, you know, and again, I'll get into that in depth. But I want to hear like from you, like when 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 I worked with you, you know, you, you, you and your wife were already starting to have problems. And I remember that real specifically. But I remember like like my impression of you is this guy that was like totally put together. You know, you're, you're a professional musician. You're a humble guy. You don't brag about yourself. So I'll do it for you, but you're a phenomenal medic. You know, you, you're just this like cool cat. good looking. You got the cool car. You're living down in SoCal. You're this drummer. You're in this bitching band. You know, all these famous people. You got this hot wife. It's like, what do you, what does this guy have to have? A, he's mm -hmm. fucking got it all. Like he's and and that's how you present. That's yourself, how, yeah, exactly. Right? So you were always put together, super fit guy, Dressed good, always looking good, never looked disheveled, never like you weren't the guy that was like, dude, he's still in bed at 10 in the morning. You know, you're up early, you're working out all the time, you're part of the crew, you're laughing, you're joking, you want to, you, you're always like Mr. Positive. You know, you see these guys who were just burned out, ragged out on calls that would treat patients like shit, you know, just because they were just so burnt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I yeah. never <laughs> saw that with you. I was your partner. I never yeah. saw you treat even the most shitty call we went on with a person who, you know, was being aggressive with us you were still just such a professional and a good person to him so well thank you i had no indication Jeez. man like that you were struggling internally so my question right is is basically take it man what did yeah what was your path on that to reaching out and, and we talked about this before we started i'd love for you to mention it too it was like you, you've said it before you know you lost your wife's suicide 
But prior to that, you know, you talked about her seeking therapy and help and you feeling like me, like, I don't need that. Exactly. That's, that's weakness, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. so get into all that for me. Man, oh, my story is long. I'm sure this will be a few episodes, but I'm, I'm going to try not to ramble, guys. I'm going to try to get, you know, I'm just going to let it go and, and be open and, um, you know, hopefully it can resonate with some people. But yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, her name was Sable and uh, we met when we were teenagers and uh, just awesome, awesome personality. And just, uh, I was, I actually met her at a gig I played when I was, when I was younger and, Without getting into too much detail on that, you know, go a year or two, a few years, we end up exchanging numbers and, and hanging out and stuff like that and um, ended up getting married. And uh, there were some things that happened in her childhood that I, I didn't know about at the time until later, later on that we got to know each other better. And uh, unfortunately, she, I found this out years later, unfortunately, she got uh, sexually molested when, when she was a kid. And I didn't know that in, in, like I said, it was a few years before, before I figured that out. And, you know, we would have some issues and we would have, uh, you know, miscommunication things. And, you know, my, my childhood wasn't the best either. Uh, you know, we all have our stories of, of, of how we grew up or, you know, abuse or, or, you know, whatnot. But the point is, is, is we all, ha we, we all have challenges to overcome and we have to deal with them. And, how I dealt with it was not dealing with it. Um, and uh, my thing was, you know, when I, when I came in the fire service, so I was the first one in, in my immediate family to, you know, actually finish high school, get my diploma, go to college, get a degree, get a professional career. Um, that's, and you know, in my eyes, I was, my family would say this too. I'm, I'm kind of like the oddball in my family it, when it comes to just, just some things, not like in a bad way, but you know, my, my parents will say, you're just like, you're just determined, you're disciplined in things that we never could be. And they're, they're open about it. And they're like, you just do your thing and, and you get focused and you go. And so, um, you know, I, I try, you know, but we all try and not having the, that, that example of knowing you've accomplished a lot of things, not, I can't say on your own because we all have support, you know, some way or fashion, but a lot of it was me just, just trying to figure it out. You know, I know a lot of people, people out there that are listening to this, they have the same story. Maybe their parents didn't teach certain things or their mate, maybe uh, some of those things may have happened and there's miscommunication or whatever. So uh, as time goes on, it's, it's really hard for me to stay on track sometimes because like the story is all over the place. Yeah. So I'm going to really, if I get off, tell me, <laughs> you know, well, yeah, I mean, ring me back in, you know, but yeah. sometimes it's, it's, there's a lot to it, Yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, anyone listening, if I get off, sorry, <laughs> I'm going to do my best to, to, uh, you know, stay on track. But, um, so as time goes on, I, I kind of start noticing like there, there, there's, there's some issues, there's miscommunication. It doesn't take away from the love that, that I, I had from her. Um, we were, we were rocky due to a lot of the stuff that I didn't know how to deal with from a child and communication and, and having help her. You got, you got two kids, I would say that loved each other, but didn't know how to even take care of themselves. So how can they take care of each other? That, that's at the, at the end of the day, that's what it was. Um, you can love someone with your whole heart, but if you don't have the right communication skills or even the right love inside yourself. Um, and you don't know that 
you the reason you tell me I was always happy was because that 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 was a coping mechanism for me. Mm-hmm. And I, I realized, you know, the deeper we're getting to these podcasts and stories and stuff like that, I would laugh everything off. That is a coping mechanism when you deal with a lot of trauma. You don't really you can't focus on the negative because there's so much negative that has happened. You just kind of laugh everything off. You laugh it up. Oh, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. When in reality, it is a big deal and you got to deal with those things. So me, my my coping mechanism was to not deal with it. It was to laugh it off and just, it's not that big a deal. Keep going, which that has its place too, but there is a place to where you got to, you got to go and work on, on a lot of things. So as time goes by, uh, you know, I, I became a full-time fireman at, uh, I was like, 20 almost gonna be 21 we get married Uh, she was still going to college uh at that time she gosh gorgeous big blue eyes uh brown hair so that's actually how she got her name sable her mom used to be a hairstylist and there's actually uh there's a color called sable brown so sable got her name because her mom was a hairstylist and it was the color brown (laughs) sable's hair was brown so she got her name sable and uh, I just thought that was such a cool name. I've never heard that name before. I'm like, wow, that's a pretty rad name, you know. <laughs> and uh, with her bubbly personality and, and so much, she was she was so you know so amazing and just had a heart of gold. And but when you're hurting inside, um, there it, it's it's a deep pit that a lot of people struggle with that some never get out. And unfortunately for Sable, uh, with with a job with you know, my childhood, her childhood, um, my lack of communication, uh, you know, I was never really into alcohol per se. You know, there were definitely times where, you know, on probation or different times where stressful calls, uh, I would have to, you know, drink whiskey or whatnot to get to sleep. But that wasn't like, that wasn't my thing. You know, my, my thing was, you know, it, it's, it's embarrassing to say, but I would have, a, you know, I would, you know, it's crazy to say it, but you know, I would have an issue looking at things that I shouldn't be looking at. And we all know what that is. And, uh, you know, that, that was my coping mechanism. And I knew there were issues with that. We ended up talking about that, that she knew I had a problem with, you know, with that stuff. So that, that breaks, you know, that'll create miscommunication. Um, and you know, we got over that hump, but, uh, Basically, as time goes on, I, I leave. So I worked for, I was an ambulance operator, just, just kind of like you were in Long Beach. We didn't talk about that, but um, I started super young. I was an EMT uh, at uh, this place called Doctors Ambulance in Orange County. I was there for a while. Um, then I uh, got on with Apple Valley Fire Department, or actually prior to that, I was an, an AO uh, with, uh, it was in the city of La Habra, at LA County Fire. I was there for a little bit. Super fun. I mean, because you're, 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 Year, I was in the house with LA County Fire and got a ton of experience with great crews. It was probably one of the, besides being with Long Beach, it was one of the funnest times. Like I can look back and I'm like, this was so rad. You're just with your buddy. And I remember us just having so much fun playing basketball, working out. That's, that's where I learned a lot about cooking and station life. Even though I was a fire explorer and a reserve and pay call at Apple Valley Fire, I wasn't full time in that station at that time. So when I got full time uh, as an AO in, you know, with LA County Fire in the city of La Habra, because the city of La Habra used to be city of La Habra Fire, LA County Fire took them over, took over the city of La Habra. So then uh, the city of La Habra had AOs. They still kept it. And so I was able to work in with LA County Fire and, and, and run with different stations in LA County. And it was a really great experience. You know, you know, I think I started that at like 19 or something like that, 18, 19. So 
uh, just learn the station life, learned a lot of the culture, you know, the different meals and, and whatnot. And so I thought it was making me a for sure a better husband. So I'd bring those same kind of things home and I'd be like, Hey babe, check this out. I learned this, I learned that meal. And, uh, so anyways, time goes on. Uh, I do that job. I get on with Apple Valley and then things happen in 2009, the economy, you know, we go to recession, economy happens. So a lot of people are going to be getting, getting pink slips. I know, uh, if anyone's been in the fire service, you know, around those times, it was, if you were in a small department, it was a pretty scarier time, uh, knowing, you know, we had BCs taking early retirement. We had, you know, captains looking at things. We had people with seniority, like, wow, what's, am I going to lose my job? You know, if you weren't, you know, had some seniority, like, oh, you might get let go, man. You know, so guys are testing, guys are looking for different places, uh, for different jobs. And so at that time I was testing for different places and I uh, was testing at Long Beach. So it took, it took, uh, I didn't get hired. I was I was looking around places, but I didn't get hired till 2012. Mm -hmm. So Long Beach didn't hire for like four years, and so um, I, I get on to Long Beach, and uh, me and Sable live down in Temecula. And uh, at that time, when you don't hire a place like Long Beach, when you don't hire for four years, when they're used to doing academies one twice a year of 24 to 28 guys, you know they're going to be short. You're short guys. So what's that going to do for the new guys that, that are coming on in, in after four years of not hiring? The guys were already massively getting hurt. They were just working overtime, you know, like mandatory, mandatory, mandatory. They were never home. So we, we get, I get on the job and I remember uh, it's like family day, family night. And you, you go in there and you, you get a, a basically an orientation of, what to expect, you know, as a fireman there, you go through, you know, with the backgrounds, you get all that stuff done. I went over as a lateral from, from, from Apple Valley to Long Beach. And I remember there was a, a certain chief that was like, Hey, you know, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There's the door. Um, you know, we're, we're going through a lot here. Uh, some guys can handle it. Some guys can't, but, uh, they showed the video and they said, uh, you know, if, if you're not willing to ABC and D work, you're not going to be home much. All those things. It's a busy department. Um, you know, basically all the truth out there. If you can't handle this, there's the door. Uh, you know, don't let it hit you on the way out. Just being super honest, and uh, we would love to have you, but it's going to be hard. And and um, you know, it, it, it's 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 going to be brutal. So I remember wives crying. <sighs> anyway, so yeah, that 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 was hard. So obviously, I didn't leave. I I chose to stay. And and um, uh. So I get on and, and I, we start working a ton of overtimes and our marriage was, I wouldn't say perfect. Um, there was the issues, you know, that miscommunication issues and stuff like that, but it wasn't, I wouldn't say it wasn't like where, where it went, you know, I, I was, when I would work, I would work. So we were on what's called, it was like a modified Kelly fours and sixes, basically. Um, if, if people don't know what that is, you work every other day for four days, you get, uh, four days off every other day for four days, you get six days off. And so that was pretty much what she was used to. Right. And so, uh, we pretty much, you know, had a schedule and she would, on my four days, maybe I worked one extra day. So I had three days off and, and that's, it was summertime. You have a strike team, maybe 14, 20 days, but you could prepare for those things. And, uh, so it was, there was, even though it was, you know, an unknown schedule, it was a known schedule because at least you had the fours and sixes. So, when I go down to LB, uh, I was that was my dream department, man. 
I was like stoked. I, I remember doing station visits and I was like, this place is so rad. It's, it's where I wanted to be as a fireman. They, you know, they get the fires down there. They got the tiller. They got the railways. They got the ocean. They got, uh, you know, an awesome drill school of stuff. I heard of the drill school of, uh, if no one's, if no one, you know, anyone that doesn't know how we, we do it in Long Beach down there, it's like you're acting captain, engineer, uh, firefighter one, firefighter two. And, uh, you're, you're just, you're, you're doing it all in the academy. And so when you, once you come on the floor, you're, you're, you feel like you're just like, you're on it. You want, you want, you feel like you can carry the world on your shoulders and you just want to freaking get out there and, and do as much as you can. So as time goes on with Long Beach, I'm not home as much and I'm getting more, I'm noticing I'm getting more numb to things, but not really thinking it's the job. I'm think, I'm just tired more. But what really hit it for me is when Sable is like, you know, you're, where's the husband I married? Uh-huh. You're, you're, you're not the same person. You know, our sex life was a crap. It, it was just, I was not present at all. Uh-huh. Um, anytime we were talking, I was, I was looking up, down, left, right. Uh, definitely not in the moment. And I remember, you know, there'd be times she'd be talking to me and then I would just be zoning off on things. If I'm not falling asleep at the dinner table, cause we're so tired. Uh, she just starts, she would just laugh at me. I'm like, what's wrong? She's like, this is a joke. You're just not even here anymore. You know, and she would, it just, and I would get mad. Here I got this great job. I'm making great money. We can eat how we want to eat. We can travel whenever we want to travel. Every September, you know, in our anniversary, we'd go to Hawaii for like a month, month and a half because it was just awesome. So I'm like, we got the most money we've ever had. You're a dental hygienist. I'm a I'm working for a great department. We're making great money. We can travel we have no kids not that we were opposed to kids but we had freedom freedom to do what we wanted when we wanted uh and uh you know it it was the the per the how it looked on the outside like you said of this you know i don't want to say we you know we're the perfect couple but on the outside fit healthy that's what that's what came to my mind is like that's you know? the things from the exterior you two yeah. are literally the epitome of the perfect young yeah. couple you know career is going great mm-hmm. everything's going you know world's world's at your feet so exactly you have no problems everything's fine it, yeah right? so, <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah and nobody knows what's going on on the surface and that's kind of what like i want you to get to like because i want you to share obviously in depth with your story but just for the purposes of this one right like what was the point when you finally like, as I told you, I had never talked to a therapist, right? I had never even made a phone call saying, maybe there's something wrong. Not even acknowledging it was so wrong, saying maybe. Yeah. Right? So what for you, because uh, you mentioned about Sable had done therapy prior to you, right? Like No, she, she never did. Well, I thought you, well, not even necessarily no, therapy, she, but, you know, we talked about things like, you know, listening to Tony Robbins. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was later. That, that was, was later. Okay. Yeah, so that was later. So when did you first essentially look for help? outside of what you were doing so meaning like making a phone call to a doctor trying to see a therapist when did that start and what do you think like looking back because like i said i can tell you how i felt back then yeah i know it's completely different now but our mindsets were different so yeah where were you at you know were you you were with long beach i'm assuming yeah and then what did that look like because that's the stuff i want people to understand because that's you know how do they reach out? Where does it go? And what's it going to look like? Because it's not going to be easy. No, it's like, not. It's going to so. be messy. You're going to have to be an advocate for yourself. You're going to have to probably see multiple conditions. So if you just expect to make a phone call and it's all going to get fixed, you're going to give up just like I did after one time and say, oh, yeah, this guy said you're great. And then you're going to continue down the road. So for you, what what was that like? So, so gosh, you know, I, I rambled a lot there. Um, right. But uh, 
basically when I didn't know I needed to get help. And so I remember what really all started is with Sable. And uh, we would have open conversation about of like going to therapy. And I was like, gosh, I just hear so many horror stories of that. Like, unless you both want it, it can just drive you guys apart. So I never really, I honestly thought, I was like, why do I got to go to some kook? Like, seriously, why do I got to go to a therapist? Like, we got the boys. I, you go to the station. Hey, man, try this, try that. And fortunately, a lot of my friends, they were never like for divorce or anything like that. It was like, hey, man, make your marriage work. You know, like that, that it's, it's the grass ain't greener on the other side, bro. Like just, you know, that, that's who you love. Like, you know, do what you guys need to do. And so um, as far as therapy with me and Sable, it was actually with one of my good buddies from Long Beach. And he's like, hey, you know, um, me and my wife have had these issues. And so, you know, here's a person you, you can go see. And so that's how it started for us. That was the beginning of the therapy thing. And um, I was so nervous, but I trusted this, this, this awesome fireman. And he's, he does uh, Iron Man's and he's a stud, man. He's a, he's a stud. And so I was like, yeah, for sure. You know what? I'm going to, I'll go try it out. So we went to this, this therapist and it worked out honestly pretty well. But what I didn't know, <laughs> there was already cheating going on. I really didn't know that, that yeah. she was doing it because I was like totally disconnected. And it's not to put her down or anything. I'm just saying that I, when I, when I look back now, I'm like, oh, that's why it didn't fully work initially because there was stuff going on in the background that I didn't know about that she was afraid to fully open up about when I was trying to fully open at therapy and we get in arguments. Uh-huh. And I'm like, but he, you know, he, but he's not here for me. I'm like, okay, well, but I'm here right now. And there was like just a lot of like, you know, the naturally it's like the missiles and the bombs and, and then, you know, you're going to go, you know, chaos, whatnot. So that's how it started for me was basically opening up to a buddy and he just like, dang, do you like, you know, you should probably go to therapy. And so, so we did. Which I think is common in the firehouse. We trust each other. I've heard this a lot. People I work with, same thing. Hey, yeah. Go to marriage counseling, right? Yeah. So you hadn't even seen an individual therapist. No, I haven't and, seen an and individual at this time, therapist. You're thinking marriage problems, job has nothing to do with anything. Oh, huh. job's rock solid. Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't affect me. Yep. That's your mentality at the time. At the time. Okay. I'm putting it firmly just, we're just yes. not compatible. All marriage. Just all marriage. Okay. And, um, so that goes on for, so, year, so that, that, year, that goes on years. for like, yeah, that goes on for, you know, I think it went for like a year, okay. you know, a, a few times without, you know, I think it was like, you know, once every couple months we'd go and, and whatnot. And I, I, I can't say it truly helped. It was kind of just like, it, it was a, it was a box you checked. checked I wasn't, box. I wasn't full, fully in. And I, I know she wasn't fully in. We thought we were, but there was miscommunication anyways. So as time goes, um, I start really noticing like, wow, like what happened to us? What is going on with us? And so I start, dis- I, I start disconnecting even more Cause I'm like, I went to therapy, this didn't work. And so we try other therapists and, and, and we go down that whole route of therapy, not even knowing like, maybe it's the job. Why are you numb? Why, you know, is, where's the miscommunication from? Is it childhood? Is it not childhood? Is it the job? Is it what's going on here? Nope. What I found out getting to the root problem was very difficult. It was a lot of like, okay, well, maybe it's that, okay, yeah, you got this or you got that, or maybe this medication will work, or maybe, you know, maybe it's his problem, maybe it's your problem. So like, okay, well, let's go, let's go separate. So then we did individual at that time. Mm. 
that's what we're into individual. Let's work on ourselves, and then let's come back to marriage counseling. And um, now, did you do individual with the same therapist? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, we did individual with the same therapist. Yeah. Okay. And um, that kind of worked a little bit, but there was no true like homework. It was just like I'm gonna go talk and get and get stuff off my chest. Talk therapy. It was talk did you therapy. feel like that therapist? Uh, understood on the first responder side of things, no. like when you discuss things, do you no. think that they understood nope. what a massive part that was? Nope. When I go back now, zero. Yeah. I look back, I'm like, they were like, hey man, what, what, like, amazing person. Sure. But it was like, I feel like way out of the realm of what they should be, what this particular one should be trying to help. Yeah. It was like mainly book stuff, yep. you know, like not real, like, okay. How long have you been a fireman? What's been going on? Are these calls bugging you? What's your childhood? What are you doing? What's the communication like? It was very surface. Sure. And um, that it kind of turned me off to therapy. Yeah. You know, and I, I didn't just, I gave it, you know, we gave it a couple years yeah. on our own with that. And I was like, this is like, come on, this is stupid. And does that then now with and that. And your marriage isn't getting better. So marriage is not, not getting results, better. So working more. I, I've heard a lot from my friends that I work with. Yeah. You know, that they've yep. been doing it over the years. I got buddies that are. Have been putting in effort for years and years and years, and their marriage is still on the rocks. So yeah, yeah, they're not. But typical fireman, we just keep trying. Yep. All right. So um, okay. So so as that goes on, not even taking it into consideration the lack of sleep that we're getting, the numbness from other things, the the culture at the fire department trying to be the tough guy. There's a place for being the tough guy. There's a place for not being the tough guy. There's a place for being vulnerable, and there's a place like you know, you, you know, there's a time and place for all that stuff. But when it's your marriage, it's it's a time to be, you know be vulnerable and be real with yourself and look yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, I, I this is why I have to focus on this. And then it went back to my mind of when I was in orientation of, hey man, if if you if you're not cut out to to, to do this job, there's the door. You know, uh, there were already there was already a lot of marriages on the rocks at that time because they were working so much that how can you have a healthy relationship if you're if if you're just never home? You know, you look at the divorce rate with firemen and cops and military, just the job alone with what we go with, but then the schedule, the lack of sleep, the lack of communication, all those kind of things. So um, we just don't have the problem. I just feel like we, we don't talk about it enough of the tools needed mm -hmm. to be successful on both sides. And, uh, so then I'm like, man, did I make the wrong decision? Did, 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 should I, should I have not taken this job here? So now I start doubting myself and, and I was super involved in the department at the time I was helping with like uh, drill schools. I was on the hockey team. I was doing mountain bike rides. I was, I was taking rookies. I was at a truck house, yeah. you know, I was doing all the right stuff and I was having a blast with it. And I started noticing things. I'm like, okay, well, I got to start cutting some of these things back. And um, the fire service, super hard to do. You know, yeah, it's a part of it. And then when you start when you start cutting some stuff back, you know, the chatter starts happening. How come they're not doing this? How come they're not doing that? How come this happens? It's like, well, I'm sorry, but like, this is my number one over here. You know, and I got told for years, you know, the fire service is number one to you, Eric. That that that's your number one priority, and it's obvious. And uh, so I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to take a step back. I think at this time now, I was, I was probably a fireman for like 11, 12 years, somewhere around there. Uh -huh. And I'm like, okay, I I gotta take a step back and start focusing on my marriage. So, well, I already was with with the counseling, but it was getting deeper. And I'm like, something something bad's gonna happen. Like, worse is gonna happen. So, anyways, uh, as as time goes on, um, working more. 
and and just I'm getting more numb. And actually, what happened with me is my I know now at the time I didn't know, but my I, my nervous system was getting jacked. Mm -hmm. So I was having to keep a trash can with me everywhere I was going. Um, on the rig, there was a trash can. I would miss calls because I couldn't get off the toilet because I would have diarrhea or I just, it was so embarrassing. And I work with different people and there's like, like, what are you, are you trying to dodge a call, dude? I'm like, no, I, like I was embarrassed. It's like, I don't know what's going on, Yeah, you know? And so I didn't know this whole IBS thing, the nervous system, PTSD. So things were starting early. And then uh, the same thing was happening when I was with Sable. She had the same issues, which is crazy. She would, she, she would, anytime she ate, she, so you're dealing with two people with something we don't even know we have. And it's just creating this, this not wanting a chaotic marriage, but this, this mess that's just ready to explode. When you love each other, you're trying to do the right stuff, but you're not getting the proper help. You're trying to get the help, but you're not getting the proper help. No one really sat you down. I was like, okay, let's take a step back and let's really see what the root of the problem is. Um, and uh, so basically that's it, it all started probably in 2000 i think around 2014 somewhere 2015 and uh, i couldn't drive but an hour or two without having to go to the bathroom yeah. like i just had ibs all the time playing gigs i was like oh my gosh where's like in my mind i'm like where's the bathroom where's the bathroom where's the bathroom where's the bathroom you know um going on strike teams it was like dude, can i do a, a three four five six hour drive somewhere? i'm gonna have to freaking poop on the rig on the way up like so i'll try to sometimes dodge strike teams i love i like on strike teams but i'm like i gotta get someone to cover for me because i don't know if i can take a six hour drive right. you know and i was super embarrassed on the outside it looks like oh this this guy's dodging you know trying to dodge a strike team and no, i want to make the money yeah. <laughs> like in reality i would i love to go camping with my buds and just go go hang out and go of course we would you know Oh, I would. And uh, so same thing would happen at home. And uh, we'd be driving and just, it was brutal. I, I, anyway, so the whole IBS thing, what, that's when it all started. And so then I started checking out of calls. Then I remember I was annoying guys. Like, you know me as, oh, how, you know, you were never not nice to a person and, and you know, or whatnot. But then I started, I started, you know, checking out of calls and guys were getting annoyed. Like, what the heck is this dude? Like, I've never seen a fireman act like this before. Like you're not even doing your job anymore. And I'm like, wait, what the heck? And in my mind, I'm like, I've got this going on. You know, I've got that going on. I'm trying to like, just put everything together. And my, that's when everything started. And I remember talking to guys, like I was opening up, I was crying in the station. So no one knew how to help me. Like the answer was, well, you know, hey man, it ain't only you, bro. You know, it's not you. Like basically, pick your shit up and figure figure that figure the f out. Yep. You know, and I was looking for help. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I want help. Right. No one knew how to help me, and I was actively looking at this time. Yep. And I'm like, I want to be better. I know I'm not doing the job like I should be. I know my marriage is suffering. Like, what's going on? And you're you're running call after call after call. And it's just like, you know, okay, well, we all got problems, bro. Like, and yeah. so I was like, okay, well then I'm like, I'm going to suck this up, you know? And then I'm, I'm checking out of calls. I'm, 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 it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse. The IBS is getting worse. And so then I start checking out the marriage even more. And then now she starts checking out and she starts doing her thing. Um, but, uh, 
so as time goes on, um, we end up going through divorce because I, I find out some more stuff um, and trying to work on it. We felt like we've I've tried everything I could do to to make this work, and it's 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 just not working. So I was like, hey, we're gonna go our separate ways. You fast forward to, to, to 2019, uh, we, she ends up moving out, I move out, or I, I keep my spot, she moves out, and um, I get a call uh, February 2019 that, uh, from the San Diego investigator's office asking how I know Sable Paget, and uh, basically, you know, I said, yeah, that's, that's my wife, and uh, they found her dead in her room, uh, a welfare check, and I'm just like, what? And they, they, she committed suicide and she took a gun to her head and she shot herself. And there was a suicide letter of just guilt of, um, it was all her fault. And, uh, you know, she never gave me the love that I did. Like she didn't like, just, she was blaming herself for everything. And, uh, you know, which isn't true, but, um, yeah. So anyways, it, 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 it. We can talk more about the suicide, you know, later or whatnot, but, um, you know. Well, I know, like, I know your story when it comes to this part of it, but it, so following that, right, when um, we know you went off the job, uh, one of your captains did a great job intervening, letting, you know, letting you know that you needed to take some time for yourself and sort some stuff out. And then you came back and then you weren't quite ready to be back and then had to go back again into the type of process and and ultimately ended up in you retiring from the fire service because uh as you and i have discussed you know it was just you just said it you were looking for help and nobody was equipped to help you and that's that's one of the problems probably one of the biggest ones is that as firefighters we fix everything we want to help everybody and we're not equipped in the fire stations to do this when somebody's suffering yeah right and it is and what you said is true i mean the bottom line we got to get on the truck and run the calls exactly and so like when your headspace is like that and and everything's falling apart um you need to be away from work you need to find an alternative there's other things to do but we don't recognize that i mean we think we're helping but hey go get some help call the therapist go this do that you know it's just there's not um there's not enough training yet out there for us to really see what's going on. So even when you went through this with the with your wife's suicide, the guys did the best they could, right? Yeah, and at and, that and, and at that time too, like a lot of people were going through it, yeah. And no one was taking time off work because now everyone's getting forced. Now I take a time. Now I take a day off. Now it's like screwing your buddy. Screw your buddy, and you so want to be there. I mean, the you, therapy happens at the station. We know that. We think that. We yeah. Think you know? I mean, you told me like after her suicide that you you basically went right back to work within pretty short time. Yeah. Considering yeah. how intense that is. Um, so, you know, I think that like for, for this, right, uh, our first, first shot at just kind of throwing out some stuff, uh, I'm hoping that anybody that's listening to us talking about this, that, um, this will make you want to listen to more. Yeah. Right. As we get more in depth on this stuff, because really it comes down to a lot of conversations I've had, like people don't even know where to start. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and so by sharing what you just shared, I hope that that will make somebody more empathetic towards others in the firehouse so instead of doing the value judgment on hey what the hell's wrong with this guy especially if like you started out with such a good reputation and working oh, yeah. hard and doing all this stuff like seeing such a drastic change um i mean as a supervisor that's that's a kind of 101 right like yeah. that's that's a that's a captain simulator test where you know your engineer is great and he shows up and now he's sleeping he's not doing the rig i mean they give you those for a reason 
yeah is to recognize those types of things um so i think that um you know following from or following what happened with her you know your whole experience is another whole episode in and of itself of like the different types of therapy you went into exactly all the stuff you did i mean again i'll share my stuff but i think that's a good start on where you know where you start like how do you reach out like that what you said is like there's many people that may be listening to this that are already doing the marriage counseling and it's not working i know we can we can and we can we'll talk about that stuff in in other things of just you know in the ways we how from my personal experience of of the marriage you know of mm-hmm signs we can recognize as, as men or as wives and to, and to truly listen, you know? Um, but, uh, well, I think that's our yeah. goal, right? Is to, the goal is, is as we discuss these things in however long form conversation these go, whether they're an hour or two hours or three hours. Um, and then once we get them posted, you know, have them labeled as to what the topic is that we're kind of focusing on hopefully. Yeah. And anybody that wants to can search specifics. I, as you, you know, we started out with the SGV shot just because you were super interested in the information. Once I told it to you, you said, hey, I, why don't more people know about this? And I said, well, I think this is why. So we got it out best we could. And now this is a start for us. So anyways, let's, let's close out with basically what we're, you know, this whole podcast idea is great, right? Anybody can do it. we got an iPhone here. We're sitting here at my, in my kitchen and, you know, press record. Here we go, right? So we're calling this the Rick team. Yeah, we you and I kind of kicked around some ideas for names. Uh, you know, we didn't want to be cheesy. We didn't want to do the fire geek thing. We also we also didn't want to be over the top. We're not therapists. We're not doctors. We're not clinicians. We don't want to come off that way. We're not trying to push anything on anyone. We're just two dudes that want to share our experiences and and that hopefully uh, reach out, touch somebody else, and then you know we build a network. That's yeah. the idea behind this is to create this open forum conversation where eventually we can have other brothers and sisters on with us to talk and share their stories, share parts of their story, whatever people feel comfortable with. So ultimately we kicked around a bunch of ideas. Um, I came to you and asked you about what you thought of resiliency in chaos. And you said you liked it. And I said, well, it's kind of the cheesy fire geek thing, right? It's the Rick team. (laughs) And you, you know, you said, ah, okay. And you kicked that around too, but ultimately both really liked the idea because, um, you know, we're both firefighters at heart and the Rick team, right? You want to yeah. explain to everybody what that is? Yeah, yeah. So basically uh, what the Rick team uh, is, it's Rapid Intervention Crew, uh, RIC. As some people call it the RIT, RIT, Rapid Intervention Team. But uh, we have uh, Resiliency and Chaos. And so when, when there's a significant event uh, on the fire ground, um, basically it's a team that's going to help save and rescue our own. Um so with like mental health and it's a topic that we really don't talk about much just like the rick team it's kind of something we really we don't like to do the training per se but we know it's needed and we know if whenever there's a rick team deployed and there is a a good save um and there's a good outcome everyone's super happy and stoked like hey man we, we, we got our guy we got our girl you know everything everything is good it was a bad situation but a great outcome so that's what we're trying to do here uh, is basically help our own man, help our own, and hopefully it doesn't go down to like mine went down too. We can talk about more, but even you know me me going down that suicide route, you know. Um, so hopefully it doesn't get that low for for you know our brothers and sisters. But we just want to put this information out to to mainly help our own, but any any anyone that it resonates with. So just like a Rick team, 
uh, on a, on the fire ground, we want to throw a Rick team in the in the firehouse and and help around. Yeah, and I think that's that's a perfect example. Is um, you know your suicide attempt is you didn't have a Rick team to activate. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're into your fight and fire, you know when you hear on the radio, hey, Rick's been established. You know, there's a handful of people outside. You know what they've done. They've they've softened the structure. They found the ingress egress. They've come up with two, three, four different plans of how to get in and get to you as a firefighter who gets into trouble, right? Yeah. And in the situations that you encountered and went through and, and struggled through and tried to get help and everything and tried to help your wife and uh, you had no Rick team to activate. And I personally, I'm the same. I, I was going through my own personal stuff where no one in my life saw any chinks in the armor when it comes to the way things were. They didn't think that I was suffering from anything. I didn't with all certainty. I didn't even know. I mean, you yeah. knew something was up. I didn't. Yeah. And so point being, I, but even when I finally acknowledged it, I didn't know, I didn't have the Rick team to activate, to come in and get me. Right. So we teach our people activate Rick early. Don't wait till the mayday is so bad that there's a very little chance. It's just like, if you start to think you're getting lost, it's better to call for that help now. Exactly. Get those, get those trained professionals coming in to get you as quick as possible because the likelihood and your survivability is going to just ramp yeah. way up on the percentage in. So it's the same thing here. It's like the idea is, is that you and I, again, we're not professionals, but been through a little bit here. We kind of started to build a network. You've got doctors, clinicians, intelligent people that, that this is their world. Credential yeah, exactly. people. Yeah. Um, I've got a handful of those people as well. We've got the center of excellence. We're starting to build this network from, I mean, this is our, grassroots campaign to build this up and 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 it's going to take everybody it's going to take all the people that are listening that care and you have to put something into this exactly part of that rick team and that yeah i think you both i mean if i can speak for you on this i think we both felt like that's kind of a cool way to look at it is because we're all trained for rick yeah every single firefighter listening is trained to be on that rick team you don't have to be a specialist to do it but you said it perfectly like nobody wants to be on the rick team yeah Nobody wants to talk about mental health. Exactly. Nobody wants to talk about trauma, PTSD, exactly. issues at home. We want to have fun at the firehouse. We want to run our calls. We want to do our thing. You know, and there are some people that handle it better than others. Some people have a, you know, didn't have a traumatic childhood. Exactly. They're married to the person they need to be married to, and they are, and they are in a healthy relationship. They're, I mean, basically, they just have a different mental health than others. Exactly. But there's a lot of broken people in the firehouses. Yeah that are, you know, trying to save other broken people. And that's, exactly. and that's where yeah. I'm hoping you're hoping that this whole forum allows us to just reach people. You know, hopefully you're driving in your car or you're at work or you're working out and you're listening to this stuff, just thinking, you know, getting your wheels turning. And yeah, exactly. And if people can reach out to us and say, Hey, talk about this, we talk about that and give us ideas on, on directions or say, Hey, yeah, don't, you know, whatever we're doing, it's again, we have our, our goal is to do no harm. Our goal is to only help. And, and I know for me, it's every conversation with you, as I said, you've been here a week. It's, I always feel good, man. After the conversation, it's, it's like a, it's like a therapy session. It right? is, man. It is. So, dude. And hopefully um, this can help others, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. I just, uh, I think, you know, for those of you that are probably chuckling over the name, it's, uh, it, I was, yeah, we both, <laughs> I we was. both were, we still are, right? We're, we're not typically yeah. those types of guys, but. I do think there's some validity to it, and I hope that it it, it picks up some steam. People in, enjoy the intent behind it. Yeah. And and again, if you're you know if you're struggling, it's like that's kind of the thing, right? Activate that Rick team, meaning that 
you've got to start reaching out to the right people. Cause exactly. As you said, you were looking for help, but it wasn't, you didn't know how to even find the right people. Yeah. So we're here. We, we are some of the right people. Exactly. We don't know you. You don't exactly. know us. Um, Reach you know, out. We're not going to make fun of somebody. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to take it lightly, no matter what level somebody might be at. Yeah. Even if you're early in the stages of it. I mean, there's so many of our young people that are suffering right now and we'll get into all of that. We'll get into training people early in their careers. Yeah. Better academy curriculum. Exactly. You know, Cause another thing is I know there's some people, I know for certain there's some people thinking in their heads, yeah, yeah, this is, but this is going to create a culture of victims. It's going to create a bunch of people who every time something bad happens, they're going to say PTSD. Yeah. Yeah. And that is not the intent. No, not even because all of this stuff is again, we can heal. Yes. Humans can heal. We heal better in community. Yeah. And our community, our fire community is a really special one. It's yep. very unique in the world. Exactly. And to be able to leverage that is pretty special. So yep. I think that's what we're both trying to do here. Yeah. And, yep. you know, with that, I think we'll close out unless you have anything else you want to add. No, I, I just wanted to, you know, piggyback on what you said. It's like, it's not creating a victim mentality. It's creating actually an own it mentality, you know, and know where you're at. And understand that there there are issues that you're going to overcome, and we're going to help you find solutions. So so you can be the best version of yourself. How cliche that sounds. Um, not just the first couple of years of your career when you're all gun ho and young and got it all, you, everything's ready to go, and you know you don't have you know years of those sleepless nights and you know lack of communication or numbness or whatever. But uh, you know it, it's it's creating a you know a, a community of you know honestly, more self-discipline and more accountability of self and living up to and owning where you're at. And we take on this job. We take on, okay, you know, I think, you know, if I remember right, take about 10 years off your life when you become a fireman. I remember that when I was in academy, I was like, wow, that's crazy. Not saying it always happens, but that's the average. We know what we're getting into. We, 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 we want to do this, but there are things that aren't talked about that I wish they were. So now you are just better prepared. We can't prepare for every single little thing, but one thing we can that can really help us is getting our mind in the right place to when challenges do come with the right tools. We, as long as we're consistent and we're disciplined with our life, you know, then we can overcome the challenges with a way better success rate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's, that's what it. we do. I yeah. mean, we're, we're all gung-ho about training. We train all the time as firefighters. This yeah. is just one more tool in the toolbox, that's it. as we say. And that's all it is. In the slideshow. Yeah, that's it. But it's a pretty damn important one. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I look forward to where this takes us, man. Yeah, me really too, man. Do. Well, so, thank you, buddy. Yeah, and no, I appreciate the conversation. It's been good. Cool. So uh, anybody that's listening, we appreciate it. Um, like I said, this is our first Rick Team podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Check us out on the next one. Yeah.